0: Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh
1: my goodness! 5, 4, 3, 2, 1...
0: welcome in to the mass and all access podcast presented by northern virginia community college nova makes college better learn more at boldlynova.com. bobby blanco and amy jennings coming at you live from the Masson web studio hopefully you're tuning in on mass and nationals facebook page or youtube channel and if not you're catching us on your favorite podcasting platforms apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud wherever you get podcasts you can find the mass and all access podcast amy Good to be back in studio with you. I
1: know because remember guys, Bobby ditched me for a few weeks. <laughs> Again, not ditching. No, he was hard working, hard working. on the road yep. and then you were filling in for market, not Nats, Nats, Nats Park on so Tuesday, yeah. I've been all alone it's I know. good to have you back. Well, it's Bobby. good to be
0: back here. We got the full setup, got the full crew. We were saying when we got here, this is like our first time we've had our full staff in the web studio at the same time mm-hmm. since before COVID which is very exciting for all of us here at Mass and All Access. Glad to be back here bringing you all the fresh content. We've got lots to get to for the national side of things. But first, Amy, you know, Memorial Day weekend is over. I consider this the kickoff of summer.
1: It is, for sure. Yeah,
0: you agree. So how was your... I guess we didn't really have three-day weekends because we still work over the weekends because baseball still goes on, but how was your long weekend? It was
1: pretty good. Watched a lot of baseball, got to see some exciting Maryland action. Uh, Of course, Maryland lacrosse won the national championship, which was really awesome to see. And then we found out that Maryland will host the baseball regional tournament in College Park starting Friday. So that was kind of exciting. So it was good. I was home with the fam. Um... So it was good. How was yours?
0: Yeah, it was a a sports-packed weekend. It was a Mm -hmm. lot going on, a a lot of baseball. You know, Nationals had a doubleheader on Saturday, rain out on Friday, then a Sunday afternoon game. Uh, You mentioned Maryland. Uh, The women's lacrosse team, unfortunately, kind of choked at the end on Friday night in their Final Four game against BC and Baltimore. But the men's finally bring home a championship again. They keep referencing that, like, Maryland has won, like, been to eight of the last, like, nine Final Fours, mm-hmm. but only have one championship to show for it. Now have two. An undefeated um, Undefeated season. Considered now one of the greatest lacrosse teams in Division One's men's lacrosse ever, ever, which is really, really cool. So proud of those boys, especially the way that last season ended, a heartbreaker in the championship mm-hmm. game uh, to UVA. So... Good to see them bounce back. And, yeah, I wanted to talk Maryland baseball because this is a baseball podcast. You know, we will talk nationals a little bit, but we're both Maryland grads. Very proud of our baseball team. They were never that good when I was there. They've gotten better over the past couple of years. They put together their best season ever this Mm -hmm. year, set a school record for wins. You mentioned hosting uh, the uh, College World Series regional part of the tournament for the first time ever. They're the number one seed, number 15 overall in the College World Series. Exciting time for Maryland baseball.
1: Yeah, it is super exciting. And maybe, you know, they're, what they were able to do in the Big Ten tournament wasn't so exciting. But yeah. we knew we had the regional to look forward to. And hosting it for the first time ever in school history, I think, is going to be great. Not only for this baseball team, but for the school as a whole. Anytime you host something, is big of a deal. I did think they got gypped a little bit, being the 15 seed. I think they deserved a little bit higher than that. I thought that they might get in the top eight, which means that they would be able to host a super regional um if they won the regional tournament um they did not get in the top eight and the 15 i thought was a little a little
0: do you think that's because they didn't win the big 10 I or th- they at least didn't get to like the final i of think the big that could have been
1: part of it so
0: my thing is that uh, the baseball tournaments especially in, like you know obviously in professional and of course major league it's all series it's best of three four five seven whatever it is uh in college baseball and i'm guessing also high school baseball except for the championship games, you know, it's a double elimination, which for me is hard to keep track of to begin with. Cause you got a winner's bracket, a loser's bracket. You can get back in the winner's bracket, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard for me to follow. But for me, I'm actually more proud of the fact that they won the big 10 regular season title. I think exactly. that in baseball, that's more, that might be the only sport baseball and softball where that might mean a little more than that tournament title, because especially in baseball, the tournament can be so fluky. And we just saw that with Maryland. Like, They win their first game against Indiana, lose their second, against Michigan and then lose in 11 innings to Indiana again it's like you know if they play best of three series and I know that's way too much baseball to play in a Big Ten tournament but like if they play if they were to play series Maryland probably comes out on top in, in those games and at least reaches the final.
1: Right exactly and then I think because Michigan ended up winning the Big Ten tournament they snuck in to a regional and uh, I think Rutgers kind of got you know yeah, left behind left behind a little bit. Tough weekend for Rutgers. Um, and they had, a, another, they had another school record breaking season best in school history so I kind of feel bad for Rutgers a little bit but what I also didn't like there is that it's double elimination until you get to the championship game yeah that's for TV purposes and then it's just whoever wins oh just one game game. yeah so you didn't have to beat that team twice and so I thought that was kind of a a little weird too I don't really like that but regardless exciting stuff I think I'm gonna go Friday we got a weekend pass um, they went on sale, I think, yesterday for Terrapin Club. My dad's in the Terrapin nice. Club. so
0: That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'll be in Cincinnati this weekend, so I'll be watching from afar, Yeah, uh, covering the Nationals, giving Mark Zuckerman a break. So we'll be kind of spread out. Uh, but, yeah, definitely keeping an eye. I mean, this is, again, one of the most exciting teams. I, I remember, I think a year after I graduated, it must have been the summer of 2014 or maybe it was 15. they actually had a pretty good season. I think they made it to the Super Regional and lost to UVA after winning the first game. We're winning late in the second game. Mm. I think they blew it in the eighth. And then the same thing happened game three and UVA. Goes on to Omaha over the Terps. Uh, but that was one of their best seasons. And now this year, they're yeah. considered a really good team. The only way they host Super Regional, correct me if I'm wrong, is if number two seed Stanford gets upset in their regional bracket. Right. Um, which We're is, paired up with Stanford. Yeah, which so. would be tough. But Well,
1: I think, no, I think regardless, it would be there, right? Because I saw that if Stanford,
0: eight. I saw if Stanford loses, then we would be and we advance. We would pat. We would. Oh, then host okay. It. See, I thought Maybe only the
1: top eight seeds yeah. were top eight hosts were able to host super regionals, mm. but for covering baseball we'll as much see. as we do, I do not know
0: the College World <laughs> well, Series. Well, it's also as well.
1: very different. Yeah. you know, it's the so college, different. Yeah, it's so different. Just so. let me know when
0: they get to Omaha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please go to Omaha. It's going to happen. I know that's a big deal. <laughs> it's uh, going to be exciting. All right, so that's college. Sports on the Mass and All Access podcast. Let's move over to the Nationals, who had a good holiday weekend themselves. Uh, they finished the homestand, winning four of their last five. They win the series against the Rockies, only their, I believe, second home series win of the season, um, which is kind of crazy. Uh, you know, they got roughed around by the Dodgers a little bit. Eric Fetty kind of saves that series when the the series series finale, setting up a good weekend against the Rockies. The Mets series got out to a a rocky start, excuse the pun, <laughs> on Monday night with uh, Eric Fetty then getting shelled by by the Mets. But I mean, before we get dive deeper into this upcoming week and um, what we're mainly going to talk about in terms of the pitching uh, rotation and how they're going to fill a spot start. Looking back at this weekend, Amy, some good baseball being played. And what stuck out to what stuck out to you from the Nationals in that series against the Rockies, where they played really well? At home? Well,
1: I think it's the run production and the bats. I mean, they just completely came alive, and we've they've been alive for a little bit now. You know, the, the Nationals are putting up some runs in a lot of games. It's their starting pitching that not necessarily has done their job. And you saw that yesterday. I mean, they were still able to put up five runs yesterday, despite the fact that three runs in the first inning, right, Bobby? Yep. So, you know, despite that, they were still able to put up five runs, and that's what they were able to do this weekend. And and the pitching, for the most part, other than that one loss, did their job. You kind of saw the opposite last night, five runs, but Eric Fetty had a complete meltdown
0: <laughs> yeah this is that I agree and you know I, I want to point out Victor Robles and personally because he had a great day on Saturday well to start Saturday mm-hmm. had a rough Saturday night but that's the kind of a sign that Victor Robles starting to swing the bat a little bit more understanding more striking out on three bunts and the nightcap was kind of a bummer to see I know Dave <laughs> Martinez was upset about that but having Victor go what was it like three for three with like six mm-hmm. RBIs and finally hitting his first home run of the season um like first non like Juan Soto or Nelson Cruz, or Josh Bell to Homer since Lane Thomas in like mid-April, or in a sense in Milwaukee. Uh, so a good sign by Victor Robles. But yeah, the early production, we talked about this, and this is kind of going to tie back into our pitching conversation a little bit. We're doing a good job of balancing. Last week was talking about the lineup. This week we're going to talk more about pitching. Mm-hmm. But via Mark Zuckerman, he pointed out the Nationals lead the major leagues in scoring in the first inning. 46 runs the next one is the angels at 40 which is kind of crazy to think now on the flip side though they are last or second to last in the majors and run scored in the ninth inning <laughs> so they're jumping out to early lead which is good we talked about this because this rotation isn't what it used to be they these pitchers especially the young guys Josiah Gray Johanna Don really need run support to help them kind of settle into each start and the Nationals have provided them that for majority of the case. I mean, scoring 46 runs in the first inning throughout the course of this first two months of the season is a really good pace. That I mean, the thing, the other thing though, is that it does sometimes come in bunches. It's not coming mm-hmm. as, as consistent. We saw them going through a scoring drought uh, in that Miami series. Coming I, home to facing the Dodgers was tough um, in Milwaukee. They, except for that one game, they kind of got shelled, shunned, sh- sh- mm-hmm. uh, shunned out, shut out. Um, so it's. It's coming, but I think their ability to – they show that they have the ability to jump on a pitcher early. Now, the Rockies don't have a great pitching staff, right? I understand that. But – and the Mets do now. So it will be interesting to see how they kind of adjust this weekend. But, you know, it's still not nothing. And And
1: it's winning the games you should, just like you always talk about. I mean, that's a series – if you can win, so do it while you can. Yes. And you always talk about that, and I think they did. And that's what I I like, too, about that weekend series. Is like the Mets, you know you're going to have more competitive games. You know you're going to see tougher pitchers. It's going to be a little bit hard to put together, you know, consistent runs throughout the the whole game. But you could do it against the Rockies, so you yeah. have to like that.
0: Yeah, and we talked about, too, like a month ago, like this month of May was going to be difficult for the Nationals. Road trips and tough opponents, you know, they, they're only – what we like to call easier opponents because there's no easy opponents in, in the major leagues, but was these two series against the Rockies, one in Colorado to start the month this past weekend in, in nationals park. And then one series in middle in Miami, they only won one of those series. So like we say, when the games are supposed to, when the series are supposed to, because other than that, they played the giants, angels, Mets, Astros, brewers, and Dodgers and Mets. Again, all teams who are looking at, uh, to be uh, playoff contenders this season. So those are tougher matchups you had fewer this month. Take advantage of them. They didn't do so in the first two series, but they did this weekend against the Rockies. A good sign right. uh, moving forward. And now you got a tougher matchup again in the Mets. Before you go face another team, you should beat in the Reds.
1: Yeah, but and you know, anytime that you can put up runs, give these pitchers run support. Especially, we're going to get to Aaron Sanchez in a minute. But that's a pitcher that they've given a, a fairly decent amount of run support, and he just it wasn't really able to do his job get deep into games you saw it last night with Eric Fetty they gave him run support got out to an early lead he's just not doing his job so I think that's the good thing to see and you hope eventually as this rotation gets back to what it should be you're going to see some more you know evenly placed uh, numbers in the win and loss column when you're putting up five runs a game you should be able to you know split it a little bit more even than they've been able to
0: yeah I, I totally agree and we'll talk about Aaron Sanchez right now since you brought it up and um, to wrap up the conversation about the, um, the offense, I mean, I think it's a sign that they're fu- the weather's warming up. They're finally seeing the bat well. Nelson Cruz is hitting the bat well. I think we're going to see this offense score mm-hmm. a lot more runs. This is what we thought was going to happen, right? They'll they be able to score runs. How can the pitching keep them in the games? And Aaron Sanchez was not able to do that on Saturday. He, like you said, was given an early lead, almost immediately gave it right back. The Nationals offense then continued to go on to explode to win the game, which is a good thing. But then Uh, Sunday, Aaron Sanchez is designated for assignment. Um, The Nationals elect to keep Andres Machado, who was designated as their 27th man for the doubleheader, and and let Aaron Sanchez go. That's an easy roster move. I think it's because, you know, you you knew Aaron Sanchez wasn't going to pitch in the near future. You needed Machado for bullpen help in the next couple of games. Uh, Of course, with Sanchez's experience and, and status, you know, you can't just option him down. He has to be exposed to waivers. That was an easy roster move call. Unfortunate that Aaron couldn't keep pitching. We, his his outings were sporadic. You would mm-hmm. have he sprinkled in a couple good ones, a couple really bad ones. The rest of the ones were pretty mediocre. So, I think there's no for the Nationals. If you're looking at it, you're like, well, no one's gonna claim him, right? We're not we're not gonna lose him to a waiver claim. If anything, he'll just elect to become a free agent. And thank you for your time. But if you're in the Nationals, you might want to see if he can stay accept an assignment to AAA Rochester. That way you always have him in your back pocket in case a situation like tomorrow shows up where you need a spot starter and you can select a contract. Together.
1: Right, exactly. And And to Aaron Sanchez's defense, I don't think that his performance in his seven starts this year is like kind of unbelievable I mean the Nationals kind of put a lot of faith in him and said you know here go do what you can do but I don't think it's like he really let them down to his defense but he did end up finishing with an ERA over 8 in his seven starts this year and you know I think the Nationals kind of hoped that he could hold on until Steven Strasburg and what they thought Joe Ross was going to be back in this rotation but at this point Steven Strasburg I think they were hoping until he was healthy finishes rehab starts and then they could DFA Aaron Sanchez I don't think he could hold on. And now they're in a situation where they probably only need that fifth starter, I think, like two times over the next few weeks. And one of those is the spot start Wednesday. And the bullpen didn't, or Eric Fetty didn't help them in that predicament. No. Um, I think the hope was that they were going to be able to put Paulo Espino and Josh Rogers out there to combine for maybe six or seven innings. On Wednesday, they did have to throw both of them last night. Paulo Espino went three innings, so he threw way too many pitches to go back out there and make a spot start on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, that would have been the ideal scenario. If you're looking, if you're putting on your Davey Martinez or Mike Rizzo cap, you're looking at this week and being like, all right. We need length from Eric Fetty and Patrick Corbin in these first two games. And then we can go Espino, Rogers, And that's a good combo right there because one's a lefty, one's a righty. Um, you can throw out there against a, a pretty balanced Mets and, and intimidating Mets lineup. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a good offensive team over there. You can kind of piece your way through an afternoon game and then get to Cincinnati. With you know your normal, uh, it's going to be Adon, Gray, Fetty again probably, and and Corbin pitching this weekend. So you you don't like you said don't need that that spot in the rotation coming up in can, next week. So that would have been the ideal situation. They both had to pitch because Eric Fetty can't get out of the second inning on Monday night. So I think Espino pitched three innings. Mm-hmm. Rogers was pulled after one, I think, just just one. Yeah. So. You can probably realistically scratch espino from any appearance you might be able to get another one from rogers or two on on um, wednesday if you absolutely need it but that would have been the ideal scenario now we're trying to figure out who could possibly come up and make this start for the nationals on wednesday afternoon it's an afternoon getaway game you no one else is readily available they need to make a 40-man roster move um if you're picking someone who is of course on the roster, so. There, it's not full yet. Aaron Sanchez's spot on the 40-man roster was is still open. They're right. only 30-man guys, So, they could have selected the contract of a top prospect. But the guys like Kay Cavalli, Cole Henry, the top two pitching prospects in the organization, both pitched really well, by the way, but on Saturday. So, yeah, that exactly. wasn't going to work out. That's a short rest. So, now we're looking at the rest of the minor league system, Amy. And we have an idea of who's going to come up on Wednesday.
1: Right, and I think it kind of is surprising us yeah, both a little bit, a little bit because you know, we were talking about Cole Henry and, and Kate Cavalli. The conversation was they're both not really ready. Cole Henry is, is – honestly probably more ready at this point just looking at his results but he's only in double a harrisburg but i think the idea of who we think the nationals will call up to make that spot start on wednesday is evan lee who is actually already on the 40 man the nationals did give themselves a little bit of wiggle room um by clearing that 40 man roster spot but seems like they might go with evan lee who's already on the 40-man roster they protected him from what was supposed to be the rule five draft Mm -hmm. um back in the fall but he's only in double a this so this is going to be a a big jump and i think they're showing really um a lot of confidence in this younger prospect
0: yeah it's it is a big jump it's not unheard of but people were referencing uh triple a rochester right-hander jackson tetro who Mm -hmm. Has having a strong season, he would have been one that you needed to fill that 40-man roster spot. His contract needed to be selected in order to make that start. So maybe the idea, the thinking is for the Nationals is we don't need to make a 40-man roster move with Evan Lee, and then if we needed to add someone else, I mean you would you're going to have to swap a pitcher for a pitcher, right? To act, to move up to the active roster, the Nationals or baseball teams, you're only allowed to carry 14 pitchers. Still, they're right. they're up against that right now, so. You're thinking that maybe... Uh, it depends how tonight goes on Tuesday. Whoever pitches out of the bullpen tonight that you know will not be available Wednesday afternoon, probably a quick option down to A to make room for Evan Lee to come up and make a spot start. Um, yeah, you talk about Cole Henry and, and, and Cavalli. We don't want to touch them too hard because they were never really realistic options. Like I said, they pitched on Saturday. It would have been exciting. It would have been a tough assignment, though. And th- I'm not saying this is going to be easy on Evan Lee. I mean, he's only pitched, uh, I think, seven games at Double A, and he's got an ERA uh, above three, 360 and seven starts. Um, he pitched in the last fall league. He pitched at High A Wilmington last year. Uh, but that's very limited minor league experience. He's only made 30 starts over four minor league seasons. So it's a tough ask for him to come up and then like i said face a tough mets team on the road
1: yeah exactly i mean evan lee was a two-way player in college and last year was his first year as a full-time starter so they really are showing a lot of confidence in him and in his stuff in his first few starts he had some command issues and had to make some some mechanical tweaks, um, and it seems like things are really starting to come together as of late. But he's still really learning how how to pitch and how to pitch to major league hitters. Um, and of course, that's what's going to be asked of him Wednesday, and it might be a whole new ball game. But you know, you're kind of hoping you can get the most out of him, and hopefully tonight with Patrick Corbin, he can go a little bit deeper into the game, and you save your bullpen, you know, just in case you give Evan Lee a little bit more. Comfort or padding in there, if you will. That's
0: what they need because ideally, I mean, ideally Patrick Corbin throws a complete game like he did in Colorado, but (laughs) that's unrealistic. A realistic ideal scenario is Corbin goes six plus, seven, Mm -hmm. and then you're only piecing the last two innings or so, maybe between Finnegan and Rainey. They weren't used yesterday, so they should be fresh for today. And then you basically have essentially the rest of the bullpen minus Espino ready for wednesday's game behind evan lee you can't really expect him to go too too deep into games right. uh, into this start you're just hoping for a handful of innings and then piece together the rest of the bullpen the rest of the way it's unfortunate that you get a, a prospect like this making a start that's not like you know here go and and take the ball and like we're hoping for like five or six innings. we're expecting a lower volume of innings from him, a lower pitch count from him. The Nationals have been very protective of their pitching prospects, as they should be. I mean, a lot's riding on this class of Cavalli, Evan Lee, uh, Jackson Rutledge, Cole Henry, um, and, and a lot of these guys. Maybe aside from Cavalli, are, are still pretty far away from the major leagues. This is just a scenario where the Nationals are in a desperate need uh, after DFAing Sanchez. Their envisioned plan of being able to do a long bullpen game between Espino. And um, 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 Rogers was scratched on Monday night, so now this is kind of break glass in case of emergency situation, and calling on Evan Lee, who is on rotation now. He's he would be pitching just like Jackson Tetra would have been on on Wednesday. So it's it's one of those things where here here kid, you know, just just go pitch. You know, we're don't really have too high expectations for you you know it's just let's let's see what we got
1: yeah and the difference obviously Cole Henry and Kate Cavalli were not on the right schedule to to go out there Wednesday but the difference is I think when they bring those guys up two of their top pitching prospects um the hope is that they're up there to stay I think they both they have hopes for both of them to be starters in this rotation long term I think and you know, and the fact that Evan Lee's already on the forty man that helps him too. Right. But you don't necessarily—they're gonna hope he's a starter, but they don't necessarily have a direct plan. I think for him right now, he's not at AAA, and he's not. Kate volley right now so right. i think that makes a difference where you feel confident let him go up there let him make a start and kind of see what you get um but they're showing a lot of confidence in him he has pretty good stuff he throws a fastball cutter curve and changeup. he said his curve is his strikeout best strikeout pitch he sets that up really well his curveball curveball has above average spin so does his fastball and he gets the most swings and misses on his changeup so pretty good stuff um He's finding some more success as he made those mechanical tweaks at the beginning of the season. So I guess, you know, they're happy with where his development is, his progress is right now. And, you know, to make the jump, pitchers do it sometimes to make the jump from A yeah. to the big leagues. Once you're in Double A, you know, you feel pretty confident about where you are in your development, I think, in an organization. Um, so I guess you just got there. You see what you can get. And it's yeah. not expected because well- I think Tadra was – the most logical choice, yeah, because but. he's has Triple A experience
0: mm-hmm. and is doing pretty well up there with uh, the Red Wings. But I guess another point in Evan Lee's favor is sometimes we see even major league hitters struggle with guys they've never seen before. And you know, he's only pitched at Double A this year, so there's not a lot of tape on Evan Lee that the Mets scouting department can gather up in a short amount of time to get these guys ready. So maybe some it's just one of those things where like, hey, he just has different stuff, something you've never seen before and you're just kind of struggling against him maybe the mets don't want him to pitch very long because it's just hard to see it. and you'd rather face someone in the bullpen that you have experience against and, and know what's coming for you True. you're not sure what cole Henry, or sorry evan lee's going to have um and it just might be tough now it's again it's a tough ask They're, they are still some of the best hitters you know you got pete Alonso over there francisco Lindor. it's a tough lineup to get through so again not expecting too too much out of evan lee but it might be one of the scenarios like hey Take the ball, see what you got, maybe confuse them a little bit because they're not used to seeing someone or have very little knowledge about what you do as a pitcher and so maybe can struggle for a couple of innings and you get the best out of two or three innings from him, maybe a fourth and then you go on from there.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, if you have good spin, you have decent movement, you can get through a lineup, you know, hopefully twice. Yeah just what's asked of you and then they can kind of hopefully piece together the rest of the innings from there and so
0: this is kind of just a luck of the draw for the nationals too that they are in new york so they had their option between their double a AA and triple a affiliates because it's not that long of a drive from sure. harrisburg or rochester to get to new york so it the only problem is it is an afternoon game wednesday one o'clock start at city field so that might make it a little it's a small window to get there from tonight into tomorrow my guess is the nationals you know, it's been reported that Evan Lee's the mm-hmm. guy, but my, the, my guess is they're not going to officially announce a starter until they see how tonight's game goes. Because you never know. If Patrick Corbin goes and pitches eight innings, unlikely, but it could happen. If he does, then you, maybe you don't need to bring up Evan Lee and you can piece together a bullpen the next day because everyone else outside of Espino is kind of fresh. You can start with Josh Rogers, Josh Rogers and then go from there.
1: Yeah, that's true. So
0: it's, it's, it is tough. And you know what? bringing Still up a, a prospect, lot of innings. It is. It is. But bringing up a prospect, too, a pitching prospect is way different than a position player. A position player, you can just bring up the night before and be, hey, you're in the lineup, go play. But a pitching prospect, you know, there's so much more preparation you have to go through. You have to be familiar with the catcher. Get on the same page. The catcher has to learn you. You have to look at this lineup and learn how to attack these hitters in such a short amount of time. It's really hard to say, hey, just go pitch and see what we see. What we can do, as opposed to, hey, just go up there and try to do your best in the field or at the plate. Uh, Because there is a lot more prep to go in as a pitcher as opposed to a position player.
1: Right, and we are also like, oh, Evan Lee, you know, he's not Cole Henry, he's not Kate Cavalli, but, you know, he is still one of their, you know, top pitching prospects. And they did, you know, try to protect him from the Rule 5 draft because either they, you know, they valued him that much or they thought that he would get taken. So they like Evan Lee, and I think they see a future with him in this organization. So, I don't want to be too, you know, oh, it's just Evan Lee, it's fine, he can just come up, but, you know.
0: Could possibly be one of those crafty lefties. I mean, they don't have too many lefty uh, pitching in in their system. Matt Cronin comes to mind uh, as another left-hander, but he's also Evan Lee that I'm talking about was also more projected to possibly be a a strong bullpen arm down Mm -hmm. the line. He is making starts right now at double A. So, you know, maybe you can see, you know, what he has against the Mets and, and then kind of now project, okay, He's got stuff, maybe just not enough stuff to be a starter and be more of a solid bullpen arm here. Because the Nationals exactly. have starting pitching prospects. They don't have a lot of relieving prospects. So if, if Evan Lee becomes that after the start on Sunday, I mean, not, not that they're going to make that decision right now. And then, but you know what I mean? Like you can kind it of project. It yeah, It helps idea. you see how he attacks hitters and how he works. If he works a little faster, a little more efficient, maybe you can say, all right, this guy will be a better reliever than a starter.
1: Because they also have been a little – Um, more protective in moving him up. I mean, they promoted Kate Cavalli like it was nothing last year. Evan Lee had a pretty good you know solid year last year and and they didn't give him that promotion until double a t- until this year um he ranked among you know t- top pitchers and strikeouts in the organization last year and i was kind of surprised at the end of the year he didn't get that promotion to double a they've been a little more protective in in promoting him same thing with cole henry yeah. i would imagine he's gonna get the call up to triple a here pretty soon because he has an era under one um he but Cole Henry also, I think, averages only like four innings. Yeah, I was going to say they've been
0: really careful with him. Same
1: thing with Jackson T- Tatro. I think he's only averaging four and two thirds in outings. So yeah. that might be another thing with him is that he's not maybe necessarily completely ready to come up and pitch a big league
0: game. Yeah, Cole Henry's coming back from an elbow strain last year. We saw him kind of have an injury plague 2021. He that's why he also then went to the Arizona Fall League. Mm-hmm. We know about Jackson Rutledge's injury history. That's why he hasn't advanced higher than. Um, uh William or Fredericksburg at this point uh, in his career so it, they are being very careful some of these guys have injury histories but the Nationals have history of dealing with pitchers who have been hurt so mm-hmm. they kind of know this process right they 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 are okay and again we're not in a comp compete now mode right so we're building toward the future here then I'm looking at it as all right we don't need these guys to come up this year they can come up next year year after that and still be productive as long as they're healthy let's get them full innings we keep hearing like rizzo uh watson uh johnny DePuglius, guys like that say hey we just want to see these guys pitch full seasons it doesn't matter where we want them to prove that they can stay healthy get some good results whether it's at rochester whether it's at fredericksburg doesn't matter anywhere in between um so that's why they're being very cautious with these guys one injury history two they're protecting for the Mm -hmm. future
1: yeah I like being conservative and we said it all along we don't see Kate Cavalli coming up in a spot start position where they just need a guy um, to make that start the day it's going to be on his clock on his terms Mm -hmm. I think same thing with Cole Henry there they need to be a little bit more conservative Um, and aside from I mean Cole Henry's had a good season but aside from Kate Cavalli's last outing maybe last two or three things are coming along he has not had a whole lot of success in AAA. So they're going to let him figure things out, be more conservative, um, not only because of the injury history with Kate Cavalli and the rest of these pitchers, um, but just the fact that these are arms that they hope to have in their rotation long-term in the future. And I like being more conservative yeah. with you know calling them up.
0: Now, Evan Lee, though, has been stretched out a little more than the guys we were just talking about, aside from Cavalli. He started off slow, two and a thirds, three and a third, three and two thirds um, in April. But over his last... Starts in May or four of them, five, five, five and two thirds, five innings. Mm-hmm. So he stretched out a little bit more. Now, is it realistic, again, to expect that against the New York Mets in Citi Field? Probably not. But he's been stretched out enough where he can possibly get up close to that. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they kind of measure it. The game will dictate, but if they're measuring it via innings or pitch count. Um, probably a little bit of both, but if that pitch count gets high early, right. we're probably not going to ex- expect a too long start because, again, they're going to want to be cautious. He's just going to need a handful of innings from, uh, for Davey Martinez, and then Dave's going to go to the bullpen, and they're not going to push this guy too much.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. And then I wonder, you know, when he when he goes back down, does he get the call up to AAA soon? You know, depending on what he does, this might help his development, help him yeah. move up the, with the organization quicker.
0: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to say, again, the Nationals have not officially announced Wednesday's starter. This spot start opened up by... uh, Aaron Sanchez is being designated for assignment. His future with the franchise is still in the balance. Um, Not sure whether or not he'll accept an assignment to Rochester or just become uh, a free agent after those 10 days are up. Uh, Amy, you Fortunately, you did catch up with Evan Lee recently when uh, Harrisburg was visiting Bowie a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago and you got to talk to Evan Lee um, and you we, we heard some good things about him and we we're impressed by what you saw.
1: Yep, yep, exactly. I got the chance to talk to Cole Henry and Evan Lee. Evan Lee talked about, you know, what's been working for him, what kind of changes he needed to make after he struggled early on in the season. Um, and here's that interview with, with Evan Lee a few weeks ago.
0: Oh two. Strike three called, got him looking. Soft one, letter high.
1: This offseason, the Nationals protected you from what would have been the Rule 5 draft by adding you to their 40-man roster. Did that give you a certain level of confidence about your your future in this organization?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, any time that you get a commitment like that, I mean, it's huge for your confidence and just building into the next season. Like, hey, all right, you got a a good chance to make the big league league team at some point during the year. So uh, the offseason was great. Just having that in mind, the focus was, hey, I got to be the best that I could be going into this season. and and get a chance to live a lifelong dream.
1: You were a two-way player in college, and then 2021 was your first year as a full-time starter. What has that adjustment been like?
2: It's been uh, a little bit just uh, from having to Having to be a position player for most of my time and not very not very very much time dedicated to pitching, uh, to now you're full time pitching and so there's a lot more time to be able to perfect your craft just to be able to work on your mechanics, work on uh, just the little little nuances of of pitching and I feel like early on in last season it was kind of a learning curve uh, just learning how to eat innings, learning how to get deep into games and and things of that nature. But uh, I feel like I'm I'm way more prepared this year going into this season than I was last year and uh, it's been able to to get me out of jams and to uh, keep me calm out there compared to just kind of like a fish out of water last year not knowing really as a starter how do I how do I navigate uh, through trouble and things like that and so it was it's it's been awesome.
1: Speaking of going deep into games, in your last outing on Sunday, you went five innings, which is the most you've gone all year. And your outing before that, you had five strikeouts. So, what was working in your last two outings?
2: Oh, just a lot. I, I attacked the zone early. That was the biggest thing. Not get ahead, not get behind hitters, and then just being able to to land off speed pitches when I do get behind, and and just attack the attack the strike zone. Uh, that's the biggest thing. I feel like uh, the first few outings, I I really struggled with command. Kind of had some mechanical issues in there that I had to had to. Uh, get right and I feel like I'm on the up-and-coming for um, For continuing the progress that I've had in these last two starts Uh, Just got to go out there and uh, give my team the best chance to win and, and go as long in the game as I can save the bullpen
1: Right. I mean, speaking of commanding the zone, you ranked among nationals, pitchers, and strikeouts last year. This year you have 14 and four starts. What's been your go-to pitch this year?
2: So every time, uh, the best strikeout pitch for me is my breaking ball. I pitch off of it. I like to do everything to set that pitch up and to be able to execute that. Uh, I feel like I've done a good job of it. Uh, Double A. Uh, compared to high, there's been a bit of a learning curve. You got to get more outs in the strike zone, uh, less pe- less people chase, more more polished approaches, and so it's been a been a learning curve just understanding how to get guys out at this level, and um, and so I feel like that it's it's been awesome just to be able to navigate this this league.
1: Your velocity has improved a lot. Do you like where it's at right now?
2: I do. I think that uh, with the lockout and everything of that nature, that there's a lot of things that you can't really script. At home, I mean, you don't have as you don't have professional hitters just crawling um, in your, where you're where you're working in the off season, and so I feel like I'm just now starting to really get into true game shape and to true routine uh, with kind of a little late start to spring training, and so uh, body feels good, body feels healthy, so just got to just keep improving, just continue to maintain my body, and I feel like I'll get more and more in game shape as the year progresses.
1: All right, Evan. Well, thanks so much for your time, and good luck the rest of the season. All
2: right, thank you so much
1: so that was evan lee right there an option for the national spot start on wednesday um, another guy that we've talked about who could also be under consideration who's also on the right pitching schedule is jackson tetro um, who is in triple a right now the nationals would have to make a move and add him to the 40-man roster where evan lee is already on the 40-man roster they wouldn't have to make a move there
0: yeah we're seeing some reports that Tatro has, like you said, on schedule. Threw a light bullpen yesterday, as you would in the middle of your rotation, um, and is on standby for Wednesday. So again, they're not gonna. The Nationals aren't gonna make this announcement. They're gonna see what they have after Tuesday night's game. Um, kind of see the status of their bullpen. Whoever's needed tonight, again, hoping, praying for a long start by Patrick Corbin. So not too many guys are needed, and then they'll make a decision from there. Interesting about Tatro though. He went six innings and only gave up two runs in his last outing against the Mets affiliate. So, you know, that's just a mm-hmm. coincidence. But, I mean, he is stretched out, too. Went five before that, um, has gone more than five innings in four of his five starts this month. So, a little more stretched out, possibly, than Evan Lee. Um, and, and obviously, play, pitching at a higher level at AAA um, has really good... Era over the course of the month, 140 in the month of May. So he's been pitching pretty well at with the Red Wings. um But like you said, it's a little more complicated adding him to the 40-man and active roster. Uh, could you do a combo of both? I don't think that necessarily you'll need to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a worst-case scenario in my mind that you need to bring up both guys and add it to the roster. It's going to be interesting to see who's gets going to be the odd man out. Whoever pitches a lot tonight, or maybe. In a combination from yesterday as well, would probably have to be option. It's going to be someone probably like an Andres Machado or someone right. who has options sent down to Rochester to make room for someone you know you're not going to pitch Wednesday to make room for either Evan Lee or Jackson Tatro. So it'll be interesting to see how tonight goes and then who they decide to go with for Wednesday.
1: Yeah, exactly. Davey Martinez hasn't really given any indication on who it might be. All we know that is he was hoping it could be Paulo Espino and Josh Rogers combo. Um, both of them, of course, had to pitch last night, but he did say it could be it's. Somebody not on this rotation right now it could be somebody on the 40 man and it could be somebody who's not on the 40 man so i think a lot of different cards will have to fall into place that will help make this decision um, but i don't think we'll know until we see how the game goes tonight
0: and also it could be a little bit of some gamesmanship from the nationals on this side not announcing until the very last minute so the mets have even fewer time fewer time to prepare mm-hmm. for either one or spend time preparing for both um, when you don't know who it could be. So, like I said, it, it happens. Guys just aren't used to seeing a new young pitcher, have no film on him, have no real scouting report on him other than from the minor league system. You know, sometimes they struggle. I mean, they are major league hitters. This is their job. They they can hit the ball pretty well. But sometimes it's just, you know, hey, I've never seen this guy before. I don't know what to do with up here. Let's go. Let's get to the next one. Yeah. Uh, so that's possibly another reason why the Nationals are keeping it so close to the chest. Um, so they're not then that's too much time to prepare for either one.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Regardless, it'll be a little bit exciting. Anytime yeah. you get to see a new arm, a new face from the organization, some prospects that, um, you know, you might not know a lot about or you haven't seen pitch, period. Um, so it's kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah of exciting. I, I hope
0: it's one of them, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you... you I guess you hope that Patrick Corbin goes deep tonight too. So the Nationals don't necessarily have to make this move, Mm -hmm. but it would be exciting to see either one of them come up and and pitch a handful of innings against the major league club. This year is all about the future and young pitchers. And this is why I I saw people when um, Dallas Keuchel was DFA'd over the weekend, people were saying the Nationals should get. It's like, we're we're past that. Why? Yeah. Maybe when you were competitive, you can take a a flyer out on on a a cast off veteran just to see what they have left. um, Like they've done in the past, but you don't need to do that this year mm-hmm. you have young pitchers uh you're expecting strasburg back soon you're expecting cavalli to be ready soon let's go with that Rob. we're, we're I'm, I'm over bringing in guys past their prime yeah. just for the sake of bringing them in because there's no necessarily yeah. I, I need to do that anymore yeah, you saw Rock, how
1: much season. of his contract they just had to eat yeah. so you, too old too no old, need for no it No production so no no need to no, do that trial. let's go it.
0: with the young guys and, and and Build look, them up, see what you got. got. Yeah. Um, all right, well, Mark Zuckerman will have you covered from New York for the rest of this series at Mark Zuckerman and, of course, on MassInSports.com and the MassIn app. I'll be in Cincinnati this weekend covering the team against the Reds, possibly a battle for the number one overall pick next year. Who's to say? If you're following the Massin all access podcast, be sure to check it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. Also catch us live every single week on the Massin Nationals Facebook page or YouTube channel. We are brought to you by Northern Virginia Community College. Nova makes college better. Learn more at bolinova.com at Masson Nationals across the board on social media at Amy Jennings News for Amy I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco thanks to Tim Leonard for producing the show behind the scenes we'll be back next week with another episode we'll see you then